But before all things, have a constant mutual charity among yourselves, for charity covereth a multitude of sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Faith, after our Lord's ascension into heaven, the apostles returned from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem, to the upper room, that same room where our Lord had ordained them priests at the Last Supper, and where they had hidden for fear of the Jews after his crucifixion. And there, as we read in the Acts of the Apostles, persevered in prayer with Our Lady and the other holy women. St. Luke writes that, And when they were coming, they went up into an upper room, where abode Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Jude, brother of James. All these were persevering with one mind in prayer with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. St. Peter then directed the election of the first successor of the apostle, St. Matthias, who was, given by, who was given the place of the traitor Judas, who had fallen by transgression and unrepentance. The apostles waited in the upper room, praying and encouraging one another, waiting for the coming of the paraclete that our Lord had promised to them. The paraclete, or consoler, for that is what that word means, is of course the Holy Ghost, who is outpouring upon the Virgin Mary and the apostles, and through them the whole world we will commemorate and celebrate next Sunday on Pentecost. The apostles were awaiting the coming of the Holy Ghost, following in this the instructions of our Lord. And I send the promise of my Father upon you, he said, but stay you in the city till you be endued with power from on high, he told them just before his ascension. This promise is, of course, the Holy Ghost, whom Christ had promised them in that very room at the Last Supper that he and his Father would send upon them. It's very beautiful and comforting to see the very practical faith of the Apostles, directed surely, of course, by the sweet influence of the Virgin Mary. Christ told the Apostles to stay in the city until they received the paraclete, And so they, being simple and confident, remained together, praying and supporting one another until the paraclete came. They remained in that very room where Christ had told them they would receive. Surely they were scared, surely they were timid, yet they remained, preparing for the coming of the paraclete by practicing charity among themselves. They followed what St. Peter would later write in his first epistle, from which we read the Son. But before all things, have a constant and mutual charity among yourselves, for charity covereth a multitude of sins, using hospitality one towards another, without murmuring. Let us ask ourselves if we imitate the Apostles and our Blessed Mother praying and exercising charity in the upper room. Surely, during these last few difficult months, when we have spent so much time together in the family, the temptation to impatience with the faults and the foibles of others has been one of our most trying battles. Familiarity breeds contempt, goes the famous saying, yet we do not live our lives by the maxims of the world, by those of Christ and his saints. Charity covereth a multitude of sins, we answer, and this in two ways. First of all, charity covereth the multitude of the sins of others, that is to say, it overlooks the weakness and faults of others and bears them with equanimity. It sees through them, it sees them through the merciful eyes and the merciful and long-suffering eyes of Almighty God and considers also the fact that God is patient and forgiving towards us, and calls us to imitate that patience and that forgiveness with others. Second of all, 
When through charity we have covered the multitude of sins of others, charity then will cover the multitude of our own sins, obtaining for us the forgiveness of many sins because we possess this most excellent of virtues. Blessed are the merciful, said our blessed Lord on the Sermon on the Mount, for they shall obtain mercy. And later, as if to confirm this teaching by a concrete example, he said of St. Mary Magdalene, who had just lovingly wept before our Lord and washed his sacred feet with her hair, Wherefore, I say to thee, many sins are forgiven her, because she hath loved much. And he adds, as if to give us a warning, but to whom less is forgiven, he loveth less. How then can we prepare for this glorious feast of Pentecost, which we will celebrate next Sunday? How can we prepare our souls to be the fertile grounds of reception of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, which our Lord wishes to pour into our hearts? We can do so by exercising that fraternal charity which is so dear to them. Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene writes in his spiritual classic, Divine Intimacy, that God does not look with favor on the prayers and sacrifices of one who does not love his neighbor, no matter who he may be, with his sincere benevolence. Prayer alone will suffice to draw down divine graces. Prayer alone, excuse me, will not suffice to draw down divine graces, nor will it acquire eternal life for us. Our Lord said, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doth the will of my Father, who is in heaven, he shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Fraternal charity, the surest pledge of the sincerity of our love for God, is an absolute requisite. The Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of charity, who is substantial love, cannot enter a heart which is narrow and mean in its relations with its neighbor. Lack of charity is one of the greatest obstacles to his action, because it is directly opposed to his essence. Just as water paralyzes the action of fire, so does lack of charity paralyze the action of the Holy Spirit. See how they love one another, the pagans said of the early Christians. We can all give testimony of Jesus Christ by every action of our lives, at home, where I work, alone, or before others. Let the consideration of this, our high mission, our being called to give testimony to God by the means of animating, be the means of animating us to renewed fervor in the service of our Lord. A radiating charity should be the mark of every Christian who would fly fight in the militia of Christ the King. For we, like the apostles, the apostles, are called by our baptism and a confirmation to be his witnesses. May we no longer be weak of heart and inconstant, preferring our own wills and complaining when we do not get our way. Charity covers a multitude of sins. May God give us a will ever dedicated to Him and a heart to serve Him as we pray in the column of Christmas. Let us not forget that the greater the cost, the greater is the value of our love in proving our fidelity. And it certainly costs us, our self-love, a great deal to remain patient meet and steadfast in practicing this fraternal charity. Let us ask our blessed lady, spouse of the Holy Ghost, to obtain for us this grace of growing in and practicing charity, the Queen of all the virtues. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.